Hello friends and folks and welcome back to another gimmick award from Scanline Media for 2018. I am one of your hosts, Six Detmar. And I'm your other host, Jennifer Uncle. And we, uh, returning guest, second, second category for you, uh, Harry, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. Yours, Is it? You know what's not going good? 2018? 2018. Fuck that year. Oh. Well, it's over, so it's not going anywhere. Exactly. Hopefully. Oh. I pinned it down. Is, is it still there? <laughs> I hope it goes into the past, which it already did, so we're good. Great. Well, you know, 20, uh, 2018 was a bit of a messy year, I would say. There's, a, there's sort of a lot going on there that was uh, was not great. Um, but it's behind us now, and I think we can look back and uh, fondly remember uh, the facepalm of the year. What event, what actions taken, what decisions led to just the biggest what the fuck are you doing? Um, and we have a great list of, of nominees here. We tried to keep it fairly tight. Uh, so, Jen, why don't you read our list of nominees? Okay, so we have the GOG Community Manager, Artifact... The Visual Novel Ban, The Telltale Closure, Fallout 76, Rockstar, Subterfuge, Riot Games, and, forgive me if I pronounce this incorrectly, uh, Philippe Mewson. I think it's Philip, but anyway, fuck yeah, that guy. Yeah, I think it's just Philip. Um, yeah, we got a lot of, we got a lot of mess, messy folks and messy situations on here. Um, I think this is, this is the point where Artifacts, recent release of Valve, and definitely a mess, is sort of like, oh, I didn't realize this kind of, I'm just gonna go, and sort of <laughs> quietly steps out the door, because Artifact is a mess, it is the the monetization, the, like, the launch of it, the way it has lost, just, its its, it's player base has fallen off a cliff, but it's, you know... It's a game that wasn't great. I think the core There's bigger stuff on here. The core gameplay of it is fine, I think. But it takes way too long to have a match, but otherwise I agree. It it's everything else surrounding it is bad. But the actual gameplay is somewhat okay. So Yeah, it's a fun card game on a on a most basic level, so. Mm-hmm. It, Except it was kind of fucking hot garbage at some points, too. Like, the parts around, like, you can't earn any cards for the first month or so. And now that you can, you still can barely earn any cards. Um, yeah. yeah. No, there's definitely things to criticize, but this list here is a list of things that are not just bad games. They're, like, culturally and socially offensive. Yeah. For the most part. Right. Oh, um, that... Well, I guess I, I just thought of something we could potentially add, but I guess they quote unquote fix that later. So, well, what you got? Uh, I was thinking shoe shell. Yeah, that was a. Uh... Fill me in on that. What happened? So um, the art was racist. Yeah, oh. that, that basically, <laughs> like they create a character that's um. It's like a little uh, black dust mite, and the way that he's drawn is using a very racist iconography, um, and it still went on to win a bunch of nominations and awards, and did pretty well critically, but um, 
at some point in December or November, um, Amantia Design finally went, okay, we've, we're finally acknowledging some of the backlash about this, so we've made him orange instead of black. And the thing is, all that other design stuff is still there, so I guess it's less problematic now, but it's, it's still one of those things that's like, yeah, this is... This, seem, this still seems like a bad thing from top to bottom. So they Mr. Popo'd him. Got it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I f- <laughs> I'm not going to put this on the list either, but the snob part of me wants to say, like, fucking Game Critics in 2018, because, Christ, I got so fed up with, like, people talking about how great it was that Kratos abused his son and how this racist game was so good and it's so great that in Rockstar all the women are cartoons. It's just like fucking I was really disappointed with popular game criticism in, in 2018 but kind of a bigger conversation yeah. and a little directionless. Yeah and I feel like a lot of that for me was already forming in 2017 when people were talking about South Park the Fractured Butthole being Sure. And not recognizing that certain words were racial slurs or thinking, oh, they're old slurs. They're not used anymore. Like, nah, no, these words are still terrible and they're still being used. Yeah. South Park uh, is a mistake. Yeah. Yes, it was. They made a whole boss in that game just so they could say the N-word a bunch and try to be self-aware of it being, being like, hey, since HP Lovecraft was racist, but nah, nah. That's a yikes. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So, let's talk about the criteria of this category. Okay. Are we looking for, like, the biggest yikes, or, like, the most baffling decisions? Hmm. Um, I, I'd say yikes. Like, come on, man. You, should, you, you knew you should have fucking done this, is my criteria. I'd say it's a little bit of both. Like if there's if there's one that has such a baffling chain of events that uh that just extends from moment to moment, that might that might stand toe to toe with some of the more yikes things, in my opinion. Anyway. I see. I see you're talking about the visual novel ban. <laughs> a little, yeah. Uh, just a chain of bizarre decisions by a company that refuses to explain its logic ever. Um. Yeah. So a bit of background on that, like um. Adult visual novels are games that have somewhat lewd content in them. I've always been, I've always had something of a uneven footing on Steam. Like, uh, there's a particular game, Kindred Spirits on the Roof, which is pretty critically acclaimed, and they had to go out of their way to get special permission to be on the store in the first place. But um, Valve loves removing it and putting it back on um, spur of the moment anytime they have uh, policy changes, and that's something. And um, at some point, people started realizing that uh, certain game tags were essentially disappearing from the store. Like, if you try to search queer tags, like LGBT, LGBT, yeah, or trans, or things like that, they would just turn up zero search results, despite those being tags that people were using. And um, at a certain point, people, not just people who were making um, erotic visual novels, but people who were just making visual novels in general started receiving notifications from Steam being like, okay, we're changing our policy, so you can expect this to be taken down. It's really weird since, like, Valve originally, like, when they were saying we're going to change all the guidelines, they said we're going to allow everything. 
and that clearly hasn't happened. And if you learn one thing about like game development, you'd never ever say definitive statements like that because it's gonna bite you in the ass flat out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they definitely want to have this image as the as an independent friendly store that will have your back at for whatever. But um, when push comes to shove, anytime any of this stuff is happening. They tend the first things that tend to get cracked down on are visual novels, particularly visual novels with queer themes, and making things a bit messier. Um, Honey Pop, which well, Honey Dev, whatever they're calling themselves, uh, super horny. Yeah, one of the, the one of the chief developers behind that company started releasing statements, being basically calling this the waifu holocaust. Um, oh my god, dude. Yeah, which really didn't do anyone any favors, because you see a headline like that as the thing that's being reported about this, and you, a lot of people just instantly lose interest without thinking about it. So, thanks again, honey devs, for being the fucking worst. And, uh... At some point, it just got resolved, but Valve didn't talk too much about what happened other than saying that one of their employees was uh, overzealous with the changes they were making. We didn't even hear who that employee was or whether they got fired or reprimanded. It... Valve has a reputation of being this uh, black box for good reason because they are so non-transparent with everything they do to the point of it being concerning like you want to have any you want to have some sort of feedback so you know what's going through their heads when they're doing these things and you're not getting any of that and it's this terrifying situation mm-hmm. where you don't really know what to make or put on steam because at any given moment their policies could change overnight and suddenly all that kind of that kind of game is no longer allowed on the store or all of them get taken down. There's, there's no stability on steam or at least there may, maybe there never was stability on steam, but they continue to chip away at the idea of safety they used to have. And it's even like, it's not as (sighs) like you said, like, well, okay, it's sort of settled now. And these, these visual novels are up, but it's really not settled now. Because you still, like, they were like, okay, we want to, like, they didn't say this, but they sort of started establishing things and having sort of quiet comments like, okay, we want to have, like, a section for adult content. Um, But the current state of affairs is, like, a lot of games are releasing on Steam that are adult games, but the adult content is not included, and they're not allowed to tell you how to patch it. But you are allowed to patch it, so it's just the top review for all of these games. Like, I've looked at some of them, and it's just like, oh, the top review for this game is just a link to where to get the patch to make it hentai. And it's just like, this is... you should know this is (laughs) a stupid solution. It's a whole mess. And I do think that while... I do think the severity of it is... Even though its impact is immense in ways that will still probably be finding throughout 2019 and 2020, especially since Valve has tinkered with the metrics on Steam to the point where most indie devs you talk to will report a gigantic loss in their sales right now. 
um, ever since the winter sale. But, um, yeah, I feel like this will be an ongoing story, but it's not, it's not quite the same level of fucked up that some of these other things are. And, like, as much as I would like to say that, like, Epic Game Store or Discord Store is gonna, like, take over and free market, baby, like, I don't think they're gonna be receptive either. So, like, what platform do these, like, adult games or visual novels have anymore? Like, itch.io? Like, that's cool and all, but, like, definitely does not get the traffic that, like, a Steam would or Epic yeah. Game would. And there's a worry yeah. there, too, as well, yeah. where you, I feel pretty confident that a company like Epic or Valve could fight off, um, could fight off uh, useless uh, SESTA-FOSTA lawsuits, but I don't see a company like Itch being able to afford to defend its users the way that they might need to if push comes to shove. Yeah, because Valve has like a legal retainer, and mm -hmm. Itch.io definitely does not, so... Yeah. Well, I think we can probably cut the GOG community manager manager. Um, mostly because I it's not entirely one person. It's clearly reflective of a culture over there. But it's a problem that I feel like they I, I feel comfortable at least that they addressed. They had a fucking bigot running their Twitter account and because they're a corporation and they're idiots, it took them a long time to address it, but they did and he they fired him. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. just the optics of that, right? Is come on, dude. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, it's... For sure. Yeah, it's mostly just... Idiot says idiotic things, loses his job. Yeah. And, yeah, there are much worse things, like everyone losing their fucking job. Like Telltale Games. Yeah, so before we get to that, I think we can also cut uh, Philip Mewson on the same lines. Yeah, just one idiot... Uh, yeah um plagiarism fucking sucks not everyone does it some of us are working hard and not getting paid particularly like you know we get a, we get a little bit a month for for to, to get more games to cover and like i'm not complaining about that that's fine i'm happy with where we're at i would love to do this professionally someday but some fucking asshole who's got a fucking full-time job with benefits talking about how obviously everyone fucking sub like does uh plagiarizes this shit what a fucking douchebag yeah i guess in that in that regards we could probably cut subterfuge too right I, no i want to hear about this actually before we get to like the actual like fucked up stuff i want to hear about the fucked up thing that happened in our slack community yeah so here's the thing is that this is this is the gimmick awards this is the scanline media gimmick awards right yeah a lot of this is going to be not based on the most objective measure of how screwed up something is. Because, like, if you want to do that, if you want to just do the numbers, okay, we're going to call out Fallout 76 and Rockstar and maybe Riot because of the sheer number of people that got screwed. And I don't think that's unfair, but that's not what we're doing here. We're talking about the experiences we had, the times we had, and what made us the most, like, frustrated and disappointed and upset. And Subterfuge was a week and a half of hell. Run this by me, then. What happened? I, in all honesty, was like, I'm too fucking lazy to check my phone and play Subterfuge, so I'm not going to do it. What happened? So you know what Subterfuge is. Yeah, you send subs and you be betray people, and it's all fun and games. Right, so the, the cornerstones of the game are, one, it's a real-time strategy game where actions take place over hours, not minutes or seconds. Uh... There's no concept of pausing. 
there's also like there's a concept of alliances and that because the game is is fairly simple you're going to need to make alliances in order to make any real effect on the game but alliances are not a mechanic there is zero reinforcement for them there's no way to say like okay we're allied now so you can't attack me because we're allies and so every promise every deal Every offer is written on rice paper, and it dissolves the second any moisture appears. Okay. It's it's a game where, for, in our case, a week and a half, it probably would have been at least two weeks if we'd let it go the whole time. 24 hours a day, you are waiting to find out that someone who said they were going to help you has fucked you. This all sounds fun. What's the problem? Why is this the face palm of the year? What exactly happened? I want to get to the nitty-gritty of this. <sighs> okay. So. God. Um, <laughs> I mean, we can go over each, like, person, right? Um, Kyrie was mostly an agent of chaos. I think Kyrie maybe had the best time of any of us <laughs> and still didn't have a good time. Because Kyrie was that's just there to make a mess. Uh, Alan and I were both there to win. Alan was there to sort of, like, deal in, like, false promises and trick people into, like, siding with them so that they could, you know, form a big alliance and keep people off their backs. I was there basically to create enemies for people to fight. So I was there to be like, hey, we really want to stop so-and-so. That's our real enemy. Let's gang up together. Um, Nick was there to pretend to work with people and then, like, make deals and then just literally never hold up his side of the bargain. Uh, Jen was there to try and play nice, which was the worst decision. <laughs> um, and Connor often didn't know what was happening. And what resulted was, like, for, like, a month afterwards, like, I, 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 I feel like I'm pretty, you know, like, Harry, we play fighting games together. I know I'm not the greatest sport in the world, but I don't feel like I'm a sore loser, right? No. Um, for, like, a month after... Whenever I was with Nick, there was an urge to be just an asshole because I was still pissed at him. Um, I would have interactions with Alan during that time where we were planning podcast stuff. And Alan would be like, can we do it like, you know, like Thursday? And I'd be like, I wonder if it's because Alan's trying to fuck me on Wednesday. I wonder <laughs> if they're pushing back the podcast so they can fuck me. I mean, oh like, it God. was the worst. It was a week and a half of constant paranoia with my favorite people in the world. I hated it so much. I think it's... I don't know. Did anyone else have this feeling as well in the Slack, or was it just you uh, Certainly paranoid? Alan and Nick. Uh, Jen, why don't you talk about your feelings? Um, well, it was one of those things where I felt like... Uh... I'm not very good at that kind of game, so my initial strategy was to find people that I could ally with for now, and maybe if I was allied with them, they wouldn't kill me first, and uh, <laughs> that kind of fell over pretty quickly, so I had to do some attacks of my own, but by that time, it was pretty obvious that I was going to go down at some point, but uh, also, I think that everyone else quit so quickly because of well they quit before the game was over more or less because they were having such a miserable time so i think i was pretty close to first by default and uh that sure was a feeling um yeah it was one of those things where it was annoying where people when people would 
betray me, but I also kind of expected that. I just felt like it didn't go anywhere interesting. So it, it wasn't a case of me not trusting people, though I kind of worried that people stopped trusting me after I ended up uh, doing a few things for sex. But uh, overall, yeah, it was just something that was disappointing. I, I didn't let it take over my life. I would pop in every once in a while, and sometimes people would yell at me for not paying attention to what my ships were doing or what people were doing around my borders. But uh, overall, I was pretty happy with my semi my level of engagement, which wasn't super engaged. Well, I feel like when, like, Six or Alan or Nick would play, you guys would go, like, hardcore, you know? And, yeah. like, I think after a while, the boundaries start getting blurred. Totally. And uh, the other thing I'll say... As far as it being face palm of the year, I don't know. Uh, I think Jen does. I don't know if you do, uh, Harry. But uh, we, I follow uh, Waypoint, um, and they did some some podcasts and some content around subterfuge this year. And I would describe as their content and and the circumstances around what happened with them as a pretty major face palm. Um, I listened to a bit of it and then I bounced off. They had a mo they had a mo the the end of their game was that they found out that one of the players was lying about their identity, and was literally a different human being than was supposed to be in the game and was doing this to fuck with everyone. Um, it was like a legitimate like boundaries and consent issue. Jeez. Um, subterfuge is bad. Subterfuge is a really bad time. Didn't you fucking pay money for it? Maybe a little. How much? How much did we pay here? I think it was like five dollars for everybody. Okay. Like I paid five dollars, and everyone got the benefits of that. All right. That seems reasonable I mean, to me, even though it's a terrible. He wasted game. more money on Ar Yeah, he wasted more money on uh, Arcanas. So. Wait, wasted. I guess the Shadowfiend Arcana was kind of wasted. I don't really play Shadowfiend. That's true. But listen, he's he's on fire. Valve can take away it. Take it away at any time, and you will be left with nothing. That's true. That's true. So I feel <sighs> like I feel like that's top three. Like destroying your real world friendships. Not good. <laughs> that's bad. Don't do it. I still like if I ever play a cooperative game with Nick again. I still don't know. I still don't know. Oh, that boy! What a snake! I mean, I was a bigger snake, but like, how dare he? <laughs> Did it really destroy friendships, though, or did it just make things kind of tense for a while? Alan was in a bad place. Oh, boy. Alan was in a real bad place. Okay. Like, salty uh, bad place, or, like, actual irritation bad place? Like, anxiety. Like, a lot of anxiety. Okay. I think we're all just terrible fucking people. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, yeah. listen, I... I, I said it on our, our most disappointing where Subterfuge was, I went into this actually expecting to be more of a motherfucker than I was, and I was not a good person by any means. So, I mean, like, maybe this can maybe this can be cut just on like, it wasn't that bad for Jen, and there are some, some world-class disasters on here. I feel better having said my piece. Yeah. Like, it, it's a face palm for us and our personalities, I guess. But, you know, after a month, everything was fine, and you know what? I wasn't affected, because I love all of you guys. <laughs> That's true. Alright, we can cut it. Okay. 
I had a feeling, though, that something bad was going to happen, and I'm like, I don't really want to, like, stay up till 4 a.m. to, like, fuck all you guys. Yeah, I was expecting it to be the kind of bad thing where it's, like, it's the kind of thing that, like, later we were like, hey, remember the, you know, like, the, I don't know, fucking the Vesper incident? And we're all like, oh, man, ha, 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 that sure was some bullshit. But, like, no. <laughs> I it's had a like, bad read on the situation. For like, I remember that time I fucked you, and I hate all of you. Remember that time I sent? I was like, "Hey, Nick, you're attacking me, but like, you don't want to piss me off. So how about your turn? You turn your attack into a gift, and I'll send an equal number of subs to you as a gift." And Nick was like, "Okay, sure," but I because there's a ten minute window to cancel your gift. I canceled and renewed and canceled and renewed and canceled and renewed for two hours. Oh to trick God. him into thinking it was a gift and it was not. I spent two actual hours staring at my phone hitting cancel, renew, cancel, renew every ten minutes. Oof. Yeah. That's, that's two hours you'll never get back. You could have been doing anything else. On the other hand, it did prove that, like, I don't know. What did it prove? <laughs> oh, no. I don't know what it proved. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Um. So we've got a lot of corporate disasters on here. Hell yeah, fuck corporations. Uh, is Fallout 76 the least disaster of these corporate disasters? It's just funny, honestly. It's just yeah. fucking hilarious. It's the epitome of fucking hubris of, like, Todd Howard. Well, not Ta- Todd Howard, right? But Bethesda in general. Just, like, thinking that they could do this, and then they totally could not. Yeah, I'd say it's... I'd say Fallout 76 is a case of, um... A comedy of errors because it's a situation where, out of all of these other ones, uh, like people are still playing Riot Games. Uh, Rockstar made the most fucking money ever, um, and there's not much you can really do about uh, the Telltale closer at this point. Um, Fallout seventy six seems like it's the one that's going to have the most lasting impact on. Uh, Bethesda and the people who make Bethesda games. But I think it's going to have a good impact. Like, I think this is terrible for them, but I think it's a really good lesson, and as long as a bunch of people don't get fired over it, then yeah, I think that, this that's is fair. actually like, um, good. I guess in terms of, uh, we can't really call it a victimless situation because it does suck for all the people who paid a ton of money um, for this game to get a bunch of cheap shit in response. <laughs> like, not the things they spent money on, but things like uh, what was supposed to be a canvas bag being this really cheap material instead and things like that. And, and the fact that the, when they were trying to mm-hmm. get refunds, uh, some of their credit card information was temporarily shown to people. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's one of those yeah. situations where it it seems it seems like the exploding phones of Samsung. Like, it's a situation that's a massive PR fuck-up blunder beyond anything we've maybe seen in a while. So there's something entertaining about checking on that every once in a while and just seeing how it goes. Like, even small things, like, we have a quest where called Feed the People, and everyone in this game thought it was something that was supposed to benefit the entire server. But no, it got patched out, and this thing we re- 
it turns out you can get attached to a bug and they can take away the bug that actually does something good. Yeah. It's it's such a myth. I, I work at a uh, retailer um, and our electronic stock room is like 40% copies of Fallout 76. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> There's so many of them. They're everywhere. The other day... I was I, I told this story in uh, to, to friends, but um, I was at work and I was by electronics and security was like, hey, these games like they're out in a spot where we don't have any like security camera coverage. So I'm going to have to put them away. And the electronics person was like, OK, that's fine. And I was like, wait, leave that one behind. It's like, well, this one It's like, oh, yeah, that's Fallout. <laughs> Nobody's going to steal that. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's Fallout 76 is more of a joke than and you know, as I, as you say, like it's not like it's completely victimist, but compared to the yeah. other ones, it's I don't just, feel like it it's keeps in the same happening every single fucking week. Like, like, like the nukes this year didn't like work. <laughs> Twenty nineteen didn't work, and then people were found like taking items like they were hell overpowered in like a dev room somewhere, and it just keeps on happening, and it will never end. <laughs> and then they started banning people for entering the dev room, and they're like. You're gonna have if you want to come back. You're gonna have to write a a two page essay about what you did because we don't know how you got in there. Please tell us. Yeah. Like, or it, it, guys, because they would just flip it to their like alt account and then they would sell all the like incredibly overpriced shit. It's what if the Samsung phones kept on exploding to up till the Galaxy S10 is kind of a thing that's happening. Yeah, and I, I guess also on some level. Not to be too mean to the people who bought it, but um, on some level, you probably should have known better because everything about the game that they showed looked kind of disastrous. Like, um, even just in terms of the stuff that they showed for the beta that wasn't part of the pre-orders. Um, yeah, everything about it kind of set off alarm bells from announcing it and then releasing it within the same year to... Remember when the game was like was approaching, and their like the official like Bethesda Twitter was like, "Hey guys, this game's gonna be like, whoo, it's gonna be a mess, but we'll get through this together, like family." And you're like, "Did Grandpa <laughs> just die?" Like, <laughs> what makes me super fucking mad is remember that E3 2018 trailer with the fucking Country Roads cover? Yeah, that's so good. I love that trailer so much. It's. It's really good, and it captures like what I think Fallout is cool, you know? And then mm. they facepalm, and it plays nothing like that, which I should not... I shouldn't expect anything more about that, but... Fucking, come on, man. Like, <sighs> come on. They made a Fallout game without any people to talk to. Without any proper factions. Yeah, maybe this has to be on the list. <laughs> I think it's, it's top such a three. It's yeah. Just, just like, uh. now the biggest facepalm is that when they show that Elder Scroll Six trailer, they're gonna forget all about this fucking game, and all their mistakes. <laughs> uh. I th I think we cut the visual novel ban not because it's not a facepalm, because it's not of the year. It's Valve being incompetent and careless, and boy, if that ain't like a trend of the decade. Yeah, and they've already made this list twice, so I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> right so do we talk about uh my favorite company aka my least favorite company riot games yeah let's talk about it right so a lot of uh sexual 
harassment and workplace issues have come out about Riot Games, such as uh, the bro gamer culture over there. Mm-hmm. Like, the COO of the company was notorious for, like, grabbing people's balls and farting their faces. What? Yep. And, yeah, uh, there was, like, a talk. Oh, you didn't hear about this? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I knew that there was harassment. I didn't actually look too closely because I figured, okay, these reports are probably going to be pretty messed up. I didn't... I did not, in any capacity, imagine it was things like grabbing balls and farting in people's faces. Oh, it, no, it's, it's fucking it's, bad. It's, it's, like, the most, like, cliche, meathead, like, fucking fraternity bullshit. Damn. One woman saw an email thread about what it would be like to penetrate her, in which a colleague added that she'd be a good target to sleep with and not call again. Oh. And I guess the really fucked up thing, the thing I do know about this is they mostly released reports saying that uh, they were going to clean up their act, but a lot of the people who seem to be responsible for this still seem to be in the company in some form. It's a fucking old boys club, man. Like, those people have been there for 10 years, back when it first started in 2009. They're still Mm -hmm. there, you know? You're not going to say, like... And, like, the entire culture that it's founded on is that they gotta be core gamers. And that's just a fucking dichotomy that is bad i mean it's nothing wrong with like you know playing like hardcore games like we play fighting games too much but Mm -hmm. it's just like like being competitive is fine but being competitive too much leads to like farting people's faces and being the big alpha bro which is insane for a company run by fucking nerds like oh my god it's it's baffling and gross and Oh my god, David Cage. We didn't put David Cage on this list. Yeah, I get, we probably should talk oh. about David Cage and Quantic Dream. Boy! Oh, I have made the bad boy. game. I am terrible. I, yeah, like... Oh. I, am going, I am going to crib off uh, MLK. Yeah, not only did they have things like people in the office uh, printing out photos of co-workers photoshopped onto nude bodies and just posting them around the office... Um, they also had, they, in addition to all the various sexual harassment stuff that's been reported on, there was the whole thing where Quantic Dream and Sony blackballed all of the outlets that were, well, at least one of the outlets that were reporting on it, and David Cage started, a, started to sue a bunch of them. Judging by his work, y'all. I mean, but we know how David Cage is at this point. Like, he's... <laughs> He's David fucking Cage, man. But this is, like... How much David Cage were you prepared for this year? Were you prepared for the game where... Hey, turns out David Cage has a new take on Cyberpunk, where maybe the androids are sympathetic. Were you prepared for the David Cage game where there's a fucking, like, slave hymn sung by a bunch of white robots because, don't you get it, it's like slavery? Were you prepared for that same game with the slave hymn in it to be super racist towards black people where you, you prepared fucking, you for the misogyny anything and... about that game i don't be like i totally believe you detroit you human bad but yeah like... but he keeps he keeps getting this like he keeps getting this big budget money and these spotlights and this press attention and well and pr attention and it's 
Quantic Dreams is maybe the biggest mess on this list. If if your argument is it can't stay because it's he's it, it, Quantic Dream has been a mess for quite some time, I'm willing to hear that discussion. If we're going that direction, we would also need to consider cutting Rockstar because and Riot, because Riot's been a mess for a while. But we didn't know about this like allegations till like this That's year. That's true. That's yeah. true. I think that's very big. I think there should be top three, because, like, I don't know. I've played this game for fucking eight years, man. I've been through, like, four schools, and I've been playing this game the entire time, and I do legitimately think that they they do good. They generally don't fuck up, and it's incredibly disappointing to see that this fucking bro culture is bad. Yeah, and the, uh. there's also... Yeah, I, I guess um, with Quantic Dream... We also weren't aware that the allegations would get like this, and that Sony would care so much that they would actively throw themselves in the mud, too, by um, going after prestigious uh, outlets like that. And um, it's it's one of those situations where we knew that... Uh, we already knew that uh, David Cage is a um, racist dumbass who does creepy things like... Um, have a fu- have a whole notebook full of uh, Ellen Page pictures. <laughs> uh, um, he's a hack fraud. Yeah. Oh. I well. Oh wait. The Randy Pitchford stuff was this year. Was twenty nineteen. Yeah. Now. We can't put Randy. Yeah. Pitchford. It was. It was. Oh, it's, yeah. it's. Yeah. That stuff is not is not ready for prime time yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I want it to be though. I don't. I. Uh, yeah. Um. I. I feel like. I feel like. Knowing that David Cage was a useless trash man was common knowledge before 2018. Knowing the state that his studio was in and the way his his team is treated was new knowledge. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Because mm-hmm. like it's one thing one thing to make a terrible fucking barely French accent and make fun of him, but it's just like these affect real people at his company, which is not good. The only yeah. thing I, good I could say about like this year in regards to Quantic Dreams that. The guy who played Connor is a cool guy, and he enjoyed having fun with the game. Hmm. Did you know that like his favorite line was one that he improvised, and when he told David Cage that he he was not amused <laughs> at all. <laughs> all right, that's a good. That's a good. Yeah. Yeah, David Cage waving his uh, cement brick of a script in the air, being racism like... against robots is bad, and then they're like, no, actually, this is all hack writing. Remember when they sent a copy of the script to be like, look at how long it is, but they didn't actually. They sent a, like a title page and then just pages and pages that were blank <laughs> to be like, this is how long the script would be. It's like you could just like burn a forest down if you wanted to, my man. Like, let's just get straight to the point here. Yeah, um, and it's one of those situations too where I feel like. The actors and uh, some of the staff behind Quantic Dream. I imagine some, there are some good people who were working on this game. Like, I, I don't think that Clancy Brown is a shithead just because he worked, he acted in Detroit Become Human. It's a, uh, it's a paycheck. Yeah, it's just, it just really sucks that the person who's given the paychecks to dole out and the person who's making and writing all this stuff is a racist hack who is probably probably has a ton of skeletons in his closet 
<sighs> so let's say I think Telltale media we gotta close on this at least because that made me the fucking maddest man imagine getting a job offer to work in a game studio that you've been wanting to work at and they're like oh yeah move in next week and then you move across the fucking country and then a week later you get told hey this company's not gonna fucking exist anymore yeah like there was no prior notice or anything like that apparently the way that people talk about it was like they had some sort of investor meeting that day and when that fell through they were just like well i guess we're i guess we're closing the company now everyone out and yeah it's the way that these telltale employees were treated is straight up barbaric the way that they instantly went oh by the way we're we're looking for a partner to uh help us finish this walking dead season wink wink is very classless and horrible and made people wonder well if you have the money to do this where you why aren't you paying people why aren't you paying out your employees like you should be um there's i i don't know whether well i think it's kind of shitty too that skybound is still going forward with that final season like i think it's good that a lot of those people have paychecks again but I imagine they weren't hired for nearly as much as they were making within Telltale. Um, mm-hmm. There was there was talk or inconsistencies about a skeleton crew being left on to finish up the um, Minecraft Netflix series before that released. Um, there was just this wave after wave of awful news that was surrounding Telltale. And... It's one of the closures that has had the most personal stories coming through it because the way that Telltale closed was so messy that people weren't really held back so they could just say whatever. Mm-hmm. And it happened out of nowhere. No one knew this was going to go on. Well, that's the part of the story that I kind of, like the fact that they were closing that day definitely came out of nowhere. Um I, I don't know, I felt like last year I had the, the writing was on the wall for Telltale. I mean, like, the way they were running that company was just, like... You know, they were they were doing, like, six games at once, and all of them were getting delayed, and their tech was a nightmare, and you talk to all these, all these people who used to like their games, and everybody's like, yeah, I'm not really buying them anymore. Like, I, I certainly didn't expect it to happen as quickly, or as... as horribly as it did but telltale's collapse was entirely predictable to me i feel that but like i was at pax east last year right and they were still having like oh hey talk to the voice actor of clementine hey we're coming out the the wolf among the season two and like i feel like they could have sustained it or not sustained it but like i i don't think anyone knew that they're gonna like close like immediately like that and fire everyone cancel everything like totally. it, it's not like a close, like a slow death. It's just like one day you wake up and everything's gone. Yeah, and it's kind of sad too, since like Telltale's are one of the last guys who would like make adventure games, and air quotes on adventure games, but they're still like one of the pioneers of like a somewhat dead genre. Yeah, I I think it's a little bit less dead than it used to be. Like there's plenty of indie games coming out now that fulfilled that pretty nicely one of my favorite games from last year um unavowed came from this uh, watch it i yeah yeah from watch it i who's been they've been working at that we they've been 
making games like that for quite a bit of time. They have a nice streak going on. But yeah, I think that the reason why Telltale was surprising is I think we all knew that their games weren't selling like they used to. I don't think anyone knew that anyone beyond people who were in the know with that sort of thing knew that the only game they ever made that ever made a profit was the first season of The Walking Dead. Yeah, that's it's a, a pretty shocking revelation. Yeah. And you, you... And the... Oh, go ahead. And the worst part was, was that, like, those games were pretty okay. Like, the Batman Telltale series actually does cool things with Batman. It's not just a shameless cash grab. I can see people worked on it, and then it flopped the hardest out of every single game that they've made. And mm-hmm. it's a shame, because people worked really hard on that, and uh, they get shown the door. They don't even get fucking health insurance. Yeah. It's, it's a closure that destroyed a lot of lives, and... Unfortunately, that seems to be a trend overall, not just in gaming, um, from the end of tw- from 2018 to the beginning of 2019. But um, yeah, I think out of all of these, it was the one that left everyone the most shell shocked and uh, disheartened, and it for all the people affected. Obviously, it was horrific on a whole nother level. So, once we're getting into it again, I think we're at a point where we're cutting Fallout 76, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a face palm, but it's not like, it's not malicious. Like, they're not trying to scam each other out of their money, right? Like, yeah. I, I legitimately don't think that they were like, we should fuck over our customers with a canvas bag. They're just like, people will buy our shit, we're, they're all rubes. And it's just like, I don't think it was malicious. It was just like, lack of planning and lack of foresight. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. On the other hand, Telltale is a very slow, kind of planned kind of death. And Riot Games was very much planned by the higher-ups. And the culture that they foster is the face palm of the year to me. Well, we haven't talked about Rockstar at all. Oh, God. We gotta talk about Rockstar? Yeah. Oh, it's been 45 minutes. Alright, 45 more minutes to go. Let's go. Uh, the significant thing about Rockstar to me is... Um, sure, we've heard stories about them. Enough stories to be pretty clear that uh, they weren't a good company. Like, well, they aren't a good company. They're still around. Um, around the time of L.A. Noir and GTA 4, you had the... Rockstar Wives situation. Um, I think that was for Red Dead 1, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. like 2010, 2009. But you also had some stuff around uh, L.A. Noir that was also pointed out. That was, that was more Team Bondi than Rockstar, but you also heard things like uh, Rockstar's work culture was so intense that even people within Team Bondi trying to do a fun, harmless thing like serve people cake once every few weeks... Uh, were clamped down on and basically accused of um, ruining the team's productivity. And then you hear stuff throughout 28, like a constant stream of various stories coming out of Rockstar about how overworked their QA team was, um, how in in more higher-up areas of the company, people were just coming to work on the weekends and staring at their screens. So the fucking housers can come in and 
Swatch can basically feel like, oh yeah, there's these other people that are also killing themselves over this uh, crunch. You had the famous quote where, at least I think they mentioned that they had, I think the writer team mentioned that they went through two straight weeks of crunch. Yeah, yeah I, and... I think the worst part about it was Rockstar Lincoln, the QA team, basically. Like, people who like enjoyed working at Rockstar, which, you know, I'm not going to discredit them because people's experience may vary. But everyone in the company, including the people who had no problem with it, saw like their QA team, Rockstar Lincoln, and they're like, yeah, th- those people are fucked. Those people are run to the ground, like every single QA is. But like Rockstar even worse than most QAs, which is saying something. Yeah. And I think it's also notable that despite these constant reports coming out throughout the year, despite a bunch of publicity and attention about that, it still went on to be maybe the best-selling game that year and probably broke a few records. It got nominated for a ton of Game of the Year awards. It um, did extraordinarily well critically. Um... The Housers themselves netted them, cut themselves a five hundred million um, dollar bonus, and Christ. Basically, out of all of this reporting, out of all of this, out of all of this light shining on these various issues, nothing fucking changed. And also, I mean, like, I feel like there are even two other parts of this that are are so insane to me and one of them is how clueless rockstar even is that this stuff is a problem like they were getting like like reporters were going to them and being like hey is it true that you don't put anyone on the credits who didn't finish the game like who people who've been there worked on it for three years and then left for some reason they don't get to be in the credits and rockstar doesn't even know that that's a bad thing they're just like no of course not why would they be in the credits or like like telling people like hey like employees you're free to talk to press and then like later talking to like jason schreier of kotaku and being like so what'd you think and jason's like well uh most of the stories i heard were were interesting and and a little better than i expected but of course there's the possibility that they felt scared to speak their minds and the pr representative was just baffled by the idea it's just they're so completely fucking clueless about like what it even means to be abusive they have no idea and then there's the part where you take all the work they did all the abuse they did of their people all the extra hours all the overtime all the shit they put them through and you play the game and so much of the things that they busted their asses for shouldn't be there was it worth it was was the entire endeavor was the entire like people not seeing their kids sleeping on their desk worth it for the game? Like okay, there's that like the the example they were like oh late in development we decided that all the cutscenes cutscenes should have black bars and that took months of us going back through and editing all the cutscenes to have black bars and the black bars suck they look like shit. I don't see I'm not wowed by how cinematic it is. I'm just it's okay it's whatever right. You, yeah. If, if you put two guys who have never played Red Dead Redemption Two and took out all the black bars, it would have been fine. No one would have ever said anything. It would have even been better because it's like telegraphing 
that it's like, hey, it's time for you to set down the controller and it's time for the time for the Hausers to tell their story with those. Those black bars are basically saying, fuck off. It's no longer a video game until while the black bars are there. You don't get to play and they're drawing this clear line. It's almost like it's a specific choice not to make the game better, but to have the Hausers like reach in and like grab the game and take it away from the players for a minute. And like, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but like, judging by the other things they've done, does it? They want to be a cinematic game. They want to have it high art and fucking whatever, man. Like I, like, it's not worth it. It's this game could have been twenty hours shorter, and people would have been like, "All right, cool, I got my money's worth out of it." They could have spent a year less on this game, or they could have spent the same amount of time and just not been in crunch, and forget like it wouldn't have been that big a deal. The game would have been better. The game is worse because they pushed themselves so hard, because they pushed their people so hard, and they don't even understand that they pushed them. Yeah, I think it's the face palm of the year. I, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not good. It's just, it's just everything about it. Like it, like that's why that's what I keep thinking about. Is it worth it for all these sacrifices yeah. about like these ki- these fucking human beings, like to work on this game? And my answer ultimately is no. It's not worth it. It's yeah. not worth all the sacrifice just for a game that most people primarily at the top will get rich at like it's not yeah i i think the quality of the game is uh it 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 doesn't matter in this in this context the way that rockstar works as a system and the sheer the sheer fact of rockstar being able to continue working like this and very in a very public way and not face any lasting consequences is really um it's really bleak. Yeah. So Rockstar wins with Telltale and Riot running up. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. I, the the Quantic Dream stuff is incredibly fucked up, especially when you, when Sony is participating in some of that. But um, yeah, the Riot game stuff and the Telltale one seem to be a bit more pressing pressing than that. Yeah, I mean the, it's. We've had some categories this year where it's been hard to get it down to three, and this is definitely one of them. But I think our winner is Rockstar Games with runners-up Riot Games and Telltale's closure. Yeah. In in retrospect, maybe we should have put something lighter on here just because doing it with all... Just having it back-to-back in our choices be some of the most fucked-up things ever. Um that's that makes for pretty dark podcast material but it seems deserved born to die world is a fuck (laughs) face palm of the year witcher 3 what's with that horse he just clips through the walls uh why do i get the feeling that well is cyberpunk in 2019 is that game coming out this year oh no oh no that's 2020 okay for sure i feel like don't worry it'll it'll get nominated in 2020 (laughs) one way or another I think the like continuous running facepalm is a uh, Star Citizen, and if it's actually vaporware or not. The 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 nice thing about Star Citizen is I don't think it'll ever make facepalm of the year because I think by the time it comes out, if it ever does, it that it that'd be like nominating like 
fucking, you know, action-adventure games for Facepalm of the Year. It's like, where does it start? Where does it end? We have always been Star Citizen. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Star stuff, um, last-minute uh, just acknowledgement. Um, fuck Brad Wardell and fuck Stardock Entertainment. <laughs> the whole yeah. Stardock, yeah, yeah. this whole star control situation is this gigantic mess and... It's clear that they are probably in the wrong for a lot of it, but adding insult to injury, Brad Wardell is still that same name-searching motherfucker who, even if you have him blocked, he'll find uh, one of his other employees to um, search your tweets, quote-tweet them, and if you're visibly queer in some way, he'll dog-whistle his conservative followers to attack you. Um, I got some of that, uh... <laughs> on New Year's fucking Eve, so it, real fucking professional. Yeah, it's it slid under it slid under the wire there, and adding insult to injury with that stuff. After they had to take, they were legally um, required to take down their Star Control game. Um, his reaction was, "Well, I I guess I'm gonna have to fire a bunch of people, but it's not something I did. It's something you did." Which fuck off. That's some abuser level logic right yeah. there. My my biggest, you know what? My biggest disappointment is that Brad Wardell is still too much of a coward to get up on my mentions. I'm right here, you transphobic piece of shit. Come at me. <laughs> why? Why is it like? I know, I know, you're way more Twitter famous than I am, Jen. But I like, I fucking ask for people to come at me, and they won't do it. It's disappointing. You need to post more memes. You need to post more viral content. Six. I Can't guess. be talking about Ace Combat Seven and uh. I can't yeah. name another thing that you tweet about. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> face palm of the year, my Twitter account, apparently. Christ. Harry for being a bad friend. Oh. Well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Harry. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug this time in the puzzle? Um, I don't know, six Twitter account, you know, for the viral content. Oh, thank you. That's that's that six demo on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we're going to do, like, a full-on proper plug zone at the end of the last uh, gimmick award. But for now, uh, we can just we can just call it. We'll be back. I think we've got three more categories for you. We've got uh, Best Site Activity. We've got That's Our Jam. And we have a category that we haven't nailed down a name for, but it's about updates to games. Um, and those will all be fun. I'm looking forward to, to putting them out. Um, take it easy, y'all. All right. Peace. Later. <laughs>